everyone and thank you for joining me on another episode of the soul shook podcast i'm kimmy malay your host and today i think we have a pretty interesting topic it's one that i've wanted to make a podcast about for a very long time although i'm not really sure what i'm going to title this podcast because it's 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 pretty varied in its content but we're going to go with something like the path of the path and archetype of the exile also known as the wild woman according to Clarissa Pinkola Estes there are many different archetypes and it all depends on who's speaking is it Carl Jung is it Joseph Campbell is it Clarissa Pinkola Estes but essentially, if you aren't familiar with archetypes, it is the idea that these different personality types that make up humanity are sort of built into the collective and into our subconscious. And, and there is this idea that while nurture does play a role, obviously in our upbringing in our environment there's also something deeper that we are just born with that is a part of the character that we came here to play and and what our role is in that so i really want to discuss this archetype because it's something that i feel very connected to i am somewhat of an ex expert when it comes to being a exile, being a misunderstood person, um, and and not always generally accepted. I sort of march to the beat of my own drum. I always have. And that hasn't always been great. <laughs> it's been a it's been a real struggle at times. But I think I'm getting a lot better at owning it and standing in it and really appreciating that part of me and letting it loose, unleashing that wild woman. So, but I want to talk about this because I find it really interesting and I think there are a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There are a lot of misconceptions about this and and I feel there are a lot of contradictions in what some of the common beliefs around these these topics are and actually how all of this ties into to trauma into um, possibly IFS therapy but, but there are a lot of connections here so let's talk about the exile which can have many different names the exile can also be the orphan uh, the wild woman the oracle the crone as i mentioned um being a misfit so some of the less flattering strange a lone wolf a witch this archetype can go by many different names but 
um, the path is essentially the same. So what does the path of this archetype look like and what are the general characteristics? Well, from what I've learned, this, this character type is completely a loner and that is definitely a struggle because this character type lives in the world where we are told we need our tribe, we have to ex be accepted, we need to belong, and so it's a heavy burden to carry to f be looking for that tribe and that belonging while simultaneously carrying this destiny, this burden of um, not being accepted because you are so different. And the reason I want to talk about this so much is because I know personally how painful it's been for me and I know I'm not the only one. So to those of you who connect with this message and this podcast, just know that you aren't alone and your purpose and your path is special and unique and you are going it alone for a reason. You are a loner for a reason. So this general character type will struggle making friends, will struggle uh, belonging to friend groups. They will very frequently be outcasted, be bullied, seen as different, weird. They just don't jive with everybody else. They are the one that sticks out like a sore thumb, no matter what. You cannot blend in if you are this type. So um, there are some great things about this. Once you make it through school and you become an adult, I do regret to inform you that the saga continues However, I do think that it can get easier, but we need understanding in order for that to happen. So the path of this archetype is, is one, it is a journey that is spent alone, a lot of it, not entirely, but and so that is, that's kind of an oxymoron to what we are conditioned and told everywhere. We're inundated by media, you know, social media, school, you know, everything in society just says, if you don't have this group, if you don't have your tribe, if you are not accepted and just have a flood of people around you all the time, then you are, you're outcasted, you're an exile, you, you're sort of a freak. And, you know, they might say you're a hermit or you're introverted. Those, I mean, introverted might be a nicer way of putting it, but there is nothing wrong with you. Your path is different and it's beautiful. So what that path looks like and why I believe our souls choose this path is this. 
this is a unique path that we actually gain so much insight through this path by getting to know ourselves. We have to learn, the sadness of this path is we spend so much of our journey chasing acceptance, chasing belonging, chasing others. And the more we chase, the further away from ourselves we get. And I do have to say, I think this exists even outside of our archetype to different degrees, but definitely within this archetype, it's a big problem. So as we continue to chase acceptance and belonging, we simultaneously abandon and betray our own souls. I mean, this is, you can almost bet on it every single time. This archetype is often so desperate for acceptance that they will become the person others want them to be. They will acquiesce, especially early in life. It's like, but but what's interesting is they have a short threshold for it. <laughs> it's like they're desperate, so they want to belong so much, so they will do all they can to try to blend in, but it just is sort of ridiculous because they never really can pull it off. And then they grow frustrated because their efforts fail. And it just sort of becomes this cycle for a long time. But I believe the reason that this happens is because part of our path is to learn to run to ourselves and instead of running to the world. We need to learn to love ourselves, trust ourselves, rely on ourselves. And it's a rite of passage, really. I think that this archetype, it goes through this cycle of insecurity, sort of clinkiness, neediness, anger, depression, and we'll also often repeat that cycle, you know, try again and become desperate again, but eventually it will hit a new phase. And, and it's like we start to level up in self-acceptance and strength and as we do that as we start to grow more in our own self-love and acceptance we need the, the validation outside of us less and and it shifts so we we sort of shift from the orphan to that sort of you know the rite of passage to when you become the wild woman, when you become the oracle, you, you first have to go through the woods alone. You first have to experience the exile. And our journey is to save ourselves, to rescue ourselves from the world. And so we spend a good portion of the first part of this journey 
expecting the outside world to save us. And the way that we're going to be saved is through acceptance. And we spend the next chapter realizing that all the time we were running outside, we were getting further and further away from our goal, which was to save ourselves. We should have been running toward ourselves instead of we were running further and further away from our own soul. So there's a real powerful message and, and a real powerful lesson that this archetype chooses when we incarnate into, into this character. Um, and I think that because I've personally come up against it so many times and it's come along, it's come with a lot of shame and, you know, a lot of doubting myself and thinking, you know, what, what's wrong with me? How come I don't fit in with these people? But um, I have to say the irony about that is that during the brief times that I have felt accepted, it didn't feel right. Something felt off. It was like a deep knowing that this wasn't something that I was supposed to be doing. It was like a deep knowing that I was avoiding my own soul. I was avoiding the reason that I came here. And it's a nice distraction. So that shame and the insecurities made me a perfect target to be goaded, to be um, gaslighted, um, just, you know, it, 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 it definitely put a target on my back. I put a target on my own back. And um, I've seen this happen a lot with others. So when you, this archetype is often an empath as well. And that is often also exploited and taken advantage of and taken for granted. And I can certainly say that this archetype is generally not a legend in their own village. So... Um, there really is this thing where you kind of have to be rejected by the world, even by your family, and go it alone. And you go on this trek, and you return to yourself. And you regain your light and your wisdom, and you remember who you are and why you came here. And so... I think that when I was having those brief moments of feeling accepted, looking back, I can really see how cut off from my path I was. I was definitely distracted from, from my path and my purpose. I lost sight because um, my ego was like, oh, you know, all of this acceptance and belonging feels so great. Oh yeah, cozy, cozy, warm blanket. I love this. But 
My soul didn't love it. It came at a great cost. There's a big sacrifice when the soul is aching and knowing that you are not you are not taking the path that you came here for. So I just think that this is just such an interesting topic because you know surely there are a lot of people who are this archetype. Um, I don't really know, but from my observation, it seems to be a little more rare, but I'm sure there are a lot of you out there and especially those seeking. And so another thing that I noticed with this archetype is that it definitely tends to be one that has a lot of, um, trauma that tends to show up in similar ways time and time again. And one of those ways is abandonment. Abandonment, neglect, um, like I said, gaslighting, a lot of mental and emotional abuse. And this type can be so desperate that they are willing to sacrifice themselves for others and and will will ruin their own paths to it's what is that um, saying that I've seen you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep others warm definitely a trait of this archetype they will do almost anything to be accepted whether that's buying lavish gifts, taking on responsibilities that they probably don't need to frequently take on, um, you know, feeling that they can buy people, they can win people over, and that somehow that's going to be their healing. And the irony is, is it's the opposite of their healing because it's taking them further and further away from themselves. And so... I've just noticed for me personally that the more crowded my life became and the, and the louder that my circle became, the busier I became, the less I knew who I was. I was so far removed from myself. It's like I was so attached to all of these people. Some of them I almost idolized. Others, I think I definitely made myself small for and took a back seat just because I was so thrilled to be accepted that I was willing to make myself small. And I know there are a lot of women who do this. So if this is you, I hope today is the day that things start to turn in your mind and you start to realize that the path is to you. The path is to yourself, to your own soul. You can co-regulate and befriend yourself and you can always trust yourself. You can treat yourself right and what you learn on this path is going to be invaluable. So I want to I want to share, I'm sorry, this chair is really squeaky. I want to share a dream that I had that I thought was really symbolic and profound. And in realizing that 
I am this archetype. I definitely see the symbolism in the dream. So in the dream, I am walking along a road and I'm getting ready to, to take this trail that is very rocky and windy and narrow and <laughs> all of the things. And this um, wagon pulls up. <laughs> I know, right? Dreams. So this wagon pulls up and it has a two-headed bull. No, two two-headed bulls that are, are driving the wagon. But they're totally out of control. And these two-headed bulls, it's like, if you can imagine what that looks like, it has two ends that are like fighting which direction to go. And so essentially you have four heads, two bulls, and the direction of the wagon is all over the place. And it's just about tipping the wagon over and it just looks scary. They pull over or they stop and they offer me a ride. And I'm looking at that like, uh, no thanks. So I, I tell them, no, I think I'll be okay. I'm just going to walk. And they say, okay, well, you know, you're, you're going to have to be by yourself. You're going to be walking by yourself on that long path all alone. And, and it's really far. And I was like, I know it's okay. I, I can do it. So the wagon leaves and I go on the path and along the path, I, Actually, I've forgotten to relay this in talking to people about this dream, but I saw another path off in the distance that looks easier, and I see that that path is a lot more popular, but for whatever reason, I'm determined that I'm going to take this one, and it's really rocky, and it's going down by, I think it's a lake, so I'm taking this path, and there's this giant snake, and I mean giant, like the snake's head is, is, is probably bigger than my head. And it comes out from behind this rock and tries to attack me and I get away from it. And, um, and then as I'm getting away from it, I see a family coming down the path. And I look back and I warn them, hey, there's a snake behind that boulder over there. And I can see the snake is just waiting for them to approach and then it's going to lunge out. So I let them know where the snake is. They're able to avoid it. I continue on my path. I, go, I do go for a very long while by myself and I get to the end and I see this really beautiful little swordfish. Oh, by the way, so I'm, I'm at the bed of a lake now. Okay. And there's this beautiful sunset I look down and I see this really teeny tiny swordfish. Like I can hold it in the palm of my hand. And it's just in this puddle. It looks, you know, like it's dying. So I scoop it up and I hold it up into the sunlight and into the sunset. And I'm examining its beautiful color and scales. And it's the most unique looking little fish I've ever seen. But it's also a swordfish, which is interesting. So I put it into the water. And I'm there. I made it by myself. And 
the reward is the peace and the sunset. And it's just this, this rush of this feeling like this is it. And, it, and there's this knowing that it had to be that way. I had to do it alone. And when I look at the symbolism, it's so crazy. It's like the wagon is, is society, right? And I'm kind of like, no thanks. I'm going to just keep marching to the beat of my own drum like I've always done. And the snake, I think, is, is symbolic of temptations that lead us away from our path. And to be aware and have discernment. And at the end of the path, where I see that little swordfish out of the water, and I put it back, realizing that it needs to, you know, go back home. I actually didn't make this, or have this epiphany until today. But I think that it is symbolic of me. I, I think that a swordfish, if I were to be any fish, I would probably describe myself as a swordfish. I'm a little sharp around the edges. I'm a little feisty. And I think that makes sense. But I'm also a fish out of water. And I think at times I have felt abandoned. I have felt like that little fish in that puddle just like I was maybe not going to make it very much longer. And I returned to myself. I scooped myself up out of that water and, and out of the mud and put myself back into the water. And so I think this is, this is the way. This is the way for this archetype. And I wanted to share some things that I saved. Some quotes from Clarissa Pinkola Estes from her book, Women Who Run With Wolves. I love this book so much. It is just, it's written so exquisitely. I really, I really uh, um, urge you to read this book. You can get it on Audible. Um, I'm sure you can get this book just about anywhere, but it's an easy read, but it is, it's so beautiful and so enlightening, and it's, it's, the whole thing is written like poetry. Okay, so here's an excerpt from that book about the wild woman archetype. She is often the broken winged one who does everything all wrong until people realize she's been doing it pretty right all along. She's the poor girl who never dressed right, who had torn hose, and they were all baggy around her ankles. She's the raggedy Ann of the sophisticated world, who pulls it out at last minute, flies by the seat of her pants, cackling all the way home. She is the late bloomer, the late start, the autumn bush, the winter holly, she is the babo, all the classical Greek goddesses. She is the old girl who still blushes and laughs and dances. She's the truth teller. Maybe that people hate to hear, 
but they learn to listen to. She is not dumb, and in some ways, not shrewd. She works on passion, and the doll in her pocket, and the intuition that leads her into and through all the world. So when I read this book, she does expand a little bit more on the doll in her pocket. The doll in her pocket represents her intuition. And, and that's who she's speaking to all the time to guide her, is herself. Her intuition is the messenger between, between her and her, her soul. And there is a, another quote here I saved that I would like to share. Do not cringe and make yourself small if you are called the black sheep, the maverick, the lone wolf. Those with slow seeing say that a nonconformist is a blight on society, but it has been proven over the centuries that being different means standing at the edge, that one is practically guaranteed to make an original contribution, a useful and a stunning contribution to her culture. You'll have to excuse me, I don't have my reading glasses on. <laughs> so, I mean, her words are, are so beautiful. Okay, I love these so much, so I'm gonna share two more quotes with you, and I promise I'll stop. I did this earlier when I was talking with my partner. I had to read him <laughs> all of these passages I was finding because I just I just love them so much. For myself, solitude is rather like a folded up forest that I carry with me everywhere and unfurl around myself when I have need. And this one, this is the one that really hits home. And I actually came across this after sort of making my own discovery that, as I was talking about earlier, sometimes when we are presented with this dilemma of, you know, oh, I feel like I need to belong and I need my tribe, and I'm desperate, and I'll do anything, but the cost that that comes at is that, you know, it's it, it's like we're choosing others, or we're choosing our soul, but, you know, a lot of times it feels like there's a soul betrayal involved if we, if we don't choose us, and so this quote ties in with that. To be ourselves causes us to be exiled by many others. And yet to comply with what others want causes us to be exiled from ourselves. So that's another Clarissa quote. Just a sample of how amazing the book is. So please check it out. Now, in regards to IFS, trauma coaching, I, I also find that this archetype extremely interesting because I think that there is a contradiction in that we can't treat everyone the same. 
not everyone needs this tribe. So when you think of witches and crones and medicine women and the shaman, you get the archetype. What do you picture? Because what I picture is a woman alone in the woods crafting her medicines and and she is a hermit of sorts. The oracle is known to be a hermit. The seer, all, the, these are all the same archetype. So we are taught though that we need our tribe and, and even in, in IFS and trauma coaching, there is this um, these ideas that we have to co-regulate with others. It's, it's really a strongly held belief in psychology that co-regulation is key for our men mental health. And I do and don't agree with this because I think that everyone is different. And if you take someone of this archetype, especially those who are more introverted, and tell them that what they're doing is unhealthy and unnatural and basically freakish. I mean, we're, we are giving them a complex and tampering with a path that is perfect. It's already perfect. So we can't discount our intuition and where our higher selves are guiding us. We aren't all the same. We don't have the same needs. Some of us have a stronger need for connection, definitely, and and a bigger tribe. And we need to follow that. So if that's you, follow that. But I think that there's definitely something to be said as far as, you know, just that we are unique and we have different characteristics and different needs. And so... This type, I feel, just speaking for myself, does, does well with soul co-regulation. And that's basically what Clarissa Pinkola Estes talks about. So when you are in kinship with your, your soul, with your intuition, your higher self, when you have befriended yourself, you are in co-regulation. It doesn't have to be with somebody outside of you. So it's just knowing how to communicate with yourself and your parts and to integrate these exiled parts. And a lot of, you know, sometimes these exiled parts can practically be our entire being. So... It can take some work to get there. I really hope that this message reaches some who are not as far along in the journey as I am because I really hope that it saves others some time and heartache because I, I personally have had a tendency to replay on repeat the same lessons over and over and over again like a broken record and so I tend to be a little slow at getting the lesson I'm definitely improving but it took me a minute 
and I just hope that that some of you can be a little ahead of the game now <laughs> and and just realize it doesn't have to look any certain way. You do not need a massive circle. You do not necessarily need a partner. I have one that's, a, you know, and he's amazing and that works for me. But not everyone needs that. So let's try to dissolve these ideas of what we are told that our path should look like and start spending more time inside and listening to that intuition and following it. So, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. My kids say I'm not allowed to say that, but it's my podcast. I can say what I want. <laughs> no, seriously, though, this has been a really great topic that I, I'm really happy to to have on the podcast. So thank you for tuning in today and I hope you keep checking in. I'm so grateful for all those who are showing up to support me and if you enjoy this content, please save it to your playlist, share it with your friends and keep coming back. Have a wonderful day all. <laughs>